like to give everybody out there listening a very warm White Cat welcome because you're tuned in to the White Cat Outdoors podcast. Hello, everybody. White Cat Outdoors podcast, episode number 30. And I, I had to ask Nick right beforehand, and he thought I wasn't going to ask and I was going to look like a fool, but I did not. Yep. Uh, Frank can never remember the episodes. You know, he's done 29 of them now. 30 you now. Just can't, well, you haven't done this one yet. Yeah, but well, I've we're said the episode. Yep. Anyway. You guys just heard Luke. It. He's here. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're way yeah, in it, here. guys. Uh, I just pulled a back-to-back shift so I could be here. So Yeah, you've been you've been on a real bun He shift. sounded really excited when I called him at about 4 o'clock said, Hey, you want to do a podcast? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I had visions of a nice, nice warm bed and actually told Nick that around, yeah, 4 o'clock that I could do it. And then when I got home, I was already sleeping around like 4.45 and... Nick woke me back up and said, "Hey, don't forget about the podcast." So already forgot. Here, here we sit. Yeah, well, yep, we're, we're, here. we're real glad that you made it, buddy. Um, before we get started into what we're talking about, Frank has one hell of a story to open us up with here. Um, you know, we are the working man, and Frank likes to work sometimes. I don't, I don't like and, it, but I do it. But Frank works, so Frank, why don't you just give us a rundown on how your day went today? Yeah, it's not like a phenomenal story. It just kind of. A real shit part of my day. I was rolling around on the lawnmower, and well, I was on the tractor, and I was pulling a mower behind me. And I was going through this apple orchard, and I looked behind me to make sure that the mower is going to clear this one tree. So I turned my head backwards. I'm like, okay, we're good to go. Start to turn my head back, and halfway turn my head back, the windshield exploded. I hit. There was like just a little, little, little guy little branch poking out it was dead and it touched the windshield just right and it shattered it i was covered in glass it was great time and yeah i just that's, that's a great way to start your day yeah it didn't start my day it was it was about 10 o'clock so oh so like right right in the meat of the yeah, day it was, it was right just, after lunch yeah that's so. So it was like it was closer to eleven than I guess, but yeah, it hit, it it exploded. I was sitting there with glass in my lap. I could feel all the little glass slivers in my arm. I was like, "That's good. I I love that." That that is good stuff. Go go report that to the boss man. Oh yeah, I called him. I was like, "Hey, uh, I kind of messed up a little bit." Like some kids came by and they threw a bunch of rocks at me. Yeah, (laughs) shattered the thing. Yeah, they they headed that way though. I (laughs) ran them off. Before they could break anything else. Yeah, you're lucky it was just the one, Greg, I tell you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that was my day. After that, though, it was, it was a good day. Before and after, it was just that one little, little eh, part. That little sweetheart it right just, in the middle. It always seems like there is just, just one thing that happens every day that just, just ruins it from having that perfect day. Yeah. It's very seldom you get those. Yeah. But we're podcasting now, and I'm having a beer, relaxing, so yeah. All the who cares? All the words are gone. Yeah. So, since we're podcasting, what are we talking about? Yeah, what are we talking about, Luke? Why, well, why, yeah, why did you pull this yeah, double shift to make this happen? Yeah, well, it, it sounds like the reason I'm here is uh, it's probably going to be fishing, because that's, uh, that's about all I know, mm-hmm. but uh, walleye fishing, to, to be exact. It's a hot time of year for it. It's in full swing right now. The school kind of moved from Ohio and is right in Erie now, so... Every everybody and their brother that's got a boat's been taking them out and mm-hmm. just putting a hammer on the fish. But have you been catching them pretty steady all season long? Uh, earlier in the year, um, it was a little bit tough. The this the whole weather uh, 
and COVID and just it's been a super... fish got affected by COVID pretty hard. Uh, yeah, they they've been maintaining uh, social distancing, so uh, it's tough been... to catch them when they're six foot from your hook. It is, it is. Yeah, um, I, I hear the mortality rates much higher in fish. Very, very. Um, I, I test every single one that I pull up on the boat, and almost a hundred percent of them test positive, And I just have to throw them in my cooler because I don't want to put them back to. They're gonna die anyway. You know, like it's it's good fish. that you're cleaning up the lake like that. Yeah, you, yeah I thank try. you. But anyways, like I'm not I'm not saying that COVID's affecting the fish, but I'm saying just affecting our fishing patterns and yeah. um, more people went out, and then when they got back to work, then less people were out. So it was tough if you had communication with people it was tough to figure out where the fish are if fish are if you aren't physically out there doing yeah it. exactly so um but with with the winter we had i mean even around here new york uh ohio the steelhead run was off um we I, never really had a freeze no on the lake but, this winter i think i ice fished three times this year mm-hmm. and, but uh, i mean the lake you know it hardly oh, froze yeah, at all yeah, in the lake. Not, no but um all the fish still shot over to Ohio, but, um, took them a little bit to come back because the weather never really warmed up. And then we had a two week period that was in the nineties and mm-hmm. just pushed a ton of fish over. But, um, I've been, I've been going out a couple times, you know, trying to get out maybe once or twice a week. And I'm going to interrupt you for one second. I don't know the whole, the depths of the lake. Do we, we have deeper water, shallow water on the PA water as opposed to Ohio water. So, um, our water... guess, are you asking why they go from Ohio to PA? Yeah, because I mean, seeking... the temperatures obviously got something to do with it, but I'm sure the depth yeah, yeah, changes the, the temperature. Yeah, they're coming to the warmer water okay. is, is what So we're doing. shallower then? Yeah. Well, it it depends on For where you go. For the most part. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, you can go out into the You can, yeah, go, you can, you can go out into the trench, or yeah. you can come right right into the shallows. I mean, yeah. a, a lot of the fish, when they, when they first move over from Ohio... And they're in PA or sitting in 18 to 24 foot of water. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's where a lot of guys earlier in the season were doing better jigging for walleye than the guys were trolling for them because yeah. guys trolling for them were in 30 foot of water and just moving, but the fish were still kind of lethargic. So mm-hmm. the guys who were jigging in 12, it in front 12 of their 14 face. foot of water, yeah, were actually limiting out. I saw a couple of times my buddy Hunter Daniels went out and limited out on, on walleye jigging for him. But mm-hmm. Um, as far as right now, yeah, it's starting to, starting to speed back up and, uh, so is the boat traffic because everybody for the past two years has been professional walleye fishermen. I was just about to ask you you about that because Erie County, so it gets kind of annoying out there when you've been doing it for a while and all of a sudden it gets easy and Hey, everybody that lives Mm. in an hour radius and, has a boat is now a, a professional walleye fisherman yeah. but i mean teach their own i mean it's great that everyone's catching fish now and we got the fish to catch mm-hmm. so it's not like we're hurting our numbers we're still having record hatches every year and um i've thrown back a ton of fish this year just smaller walleye so it's I, good to see that that's what i was going to ask you because i remember not so much last year but two years ago really like everybody was catching like 100 walleye a day but they were 15 inches yeah yeah. Are you are and like you said, we're still getting record hatches every year. Have you been noticing those fifteen inches bumping up? Are you catching a lot fewer um, we, of the fifteens and more, you know, in the upper twenties? Well, we are catching a lot of nice fish this year. Um a lot of big, big bag fish too. Like I've caught 
I don't know, maybe maybe close to a dozen this year that are above that like 27 to oh, yeah. 30 mark. Yeah, so there's a lot of big fish, but um, still there is a lot of... Actually, I think this year I've caught the, some of the smallest walleye I've ever caught really? trolling like 12 inches that are oh, really? <laughs> just, just a few inches bigger than the plug, but... Mm-hmm. Um, it's good to see. I mean, it's it's tough sometimes. You got to really watch what you're doing because I don't know um, the, to the guys listening how often you've been trolling and reeled in a line and you were dragging a real small one. And it's it's a shame because I I'll be honest, I've done it before. But uh, sometimes, depending on how long you drag them, that fish won't make it, and it's sad you can't keep it. But um, you really, you really just got to watch your poles and check them and keep checking them, even if you don't think there's anything on them, because a lot of times those smaller fish don't don't pull don't any harder the than the plug. Yeah. So um, just always check your lines and uh, keep rotating. If you think there's a fish on it, check it, um, just to avoid dragging those yeah. smaller fish. And um, if you're dragging a smaller fish, then bigger ones can't hit that lure if there's a smaller fish on it. So, yeah. Um, you'll catch catch more fish that way even if you are pulling lines out and flipping them back out it's a little more work but yeah but it's more productive in the end yeah but so uh, yeah uh do you want to like break down a little bit about how you run your boat um like we were talking before we hit record um how there's you know a hundred different ways to fish for walleye you had mentioned hunters uh jigging for them and then there's i mean there's tons of different ways so if you want to break down kind of how there's, you yeah there's like i like nick said, yeah you can we kind of go through earlier. what which different ways there are to do it yeah, and there, then there, how you do it yeah there, there's a hundred ways to do them like we were saying but um all of them suck except my way my way is the best <laughs> no i'm i'm just messing with you <laughs> sounds it, about right no no matter how you catch them it it's great there's i've been on a dozen different boats and no two boats ran them exactly the same way everyone's got their own unique little twist and we've talked about it a hundred times with hunting and fishing and hiking and camping and whatever you want the reason you do it's because it's fun and you'd have like little tricks that whether they actually work or not just keep you in it and make you think you have the edge but it was like last week talking about how i used to hang doe esters wafers from my hat yeah you know, yeah <laughs> not necessarily yeah. Some people the only swear way. by it yeah yeah you just, most, if most it don't. keeps you out there uh yeah, yeah. Most, no most people don't but that's uh it just everybody's got their own way of doing things yeah and so whatever whatever it is if you're uh what is it it's looking for a word i think it starts with a p it's about bananas um papaya <laughs> could papaya. be papaya <laughs> um not precautious um, what does it have to do with bananas you're not supposed to have bananas on your boat it's bad luck oh superstitious i was thinking to start with a p well i mean people that are superstitious are about paranoid. The bananas. paranoid okay. maybe yeah I don't, there is a word for it but it's a mix of superstitious yeah, and yeah, paranoia I, I think it's yeah but anyways uh <laughs> if that's if that's you 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 think that you can't catch a fish with a banana on the boat then do that i mean if you want to hang doe estrus from your hat and <laughs> all the power to I've, you i've killed bucks with doe just hanging from my hat so and i've caught fish while eating a banana so have you yes. that's nice so some say it's impossible you know it's like uh i think there might what have do been, you so might have been an east wind too how I do you a hold banana the banana on an east wind i can almost picture not that i want to please but please, you please holding the banana somehow the rod in my hand yeah so you're like just biting onto this banana yeah, no it, hands it has to be a, a soft re- bite a subtle bite <laughs> it's a very so you're just holding this banana 
softly with Gra- your with your lips it. while you reel this fish in. There's a little teeth. Little teeth. I think we've had enough <laughs> of this. <laughs> okay, so no bananas on your boat. <laughs> and no bananas on the boat, no catch fish. Moving on. So How about we get back to walleye fishing now? <laughs> right. Yeah, how do you do it, Luke? Uh, no bananas anymore after the pictures. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, I am a planter board fisherman. So basically what a planter board is, for those people who don't know, you have your main haul, your boat that you're on, and uh, you have a mast, either one uh, out like in the front or two off the sides, and you make little, they're called planter boards, and they're basically just a little boat uh, attached to a string. And what you do is you tie that string to your planer boards and you let out string from your boat so that the planer boards drift back behind the boat as you're driving. Once they get far enough back, however far you want to do your spread, you lock the strings and the way that you build the planer boards, they're designed to pull against the like the boat so that they drift away from the boat. So they're not hanging straight behind you, they're actually off to the sides. What that does is that allows you to attach your lines to the strings that are attached to the planer boards. So instead of just being able to fish, you know, four rods off the boat or on downriggers, I can fish a 50 to 75 yard spread of lures so that when I'm going through an area, I'm really wide, really covering some area to make sure that any fish that's in that area, I'm presenting something to it. When you run that setup, do you like to go like, one side as the same lure the other side's different or do you like break up so, each individual lure some people uh swear by they they start off with I, I fish usually eight rods four on each side on my planter boards depending on the crew i got if it's just two people we'll yeah. have to fish six but um usually we can get three or four people and i fish four rods on each side and i personally start with four like four similar lures on one side as to the other. They'll be the same the same style lure, whether it's a Reef Runner a Breck, or a Berkeley or um, a Bagley or whatever you want to run, um, Kinchows or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you just but change the colors on Just them? change the okay. color, yeah. And on the other side, so that'll usually be like where, where I know the fish are. Say, say I'm fishing 30 foot of water, I know the fish are suspended at 20, I'll throw an 18-foot diver to be a little bit above them on one side. And then on the other side of the boat, I'll throw a real shallow lure. Because a lot of times in the morning, we call it that that early bite. And the fish are suspended real high, but you can't even see them on the fish finder. Because, so they're like right up, up close be, to the surface. Yeah, but because um, when you're driving over them, the fish can see your boat and they scatter, scatter off to the sides by the time you get over them your fish finder doesn't see them so a lot of people they don't mark any fish but they're still there so if you have those shallower those shallower diving lures you'll pick up a lot of fish in the morning before that sun comes out that most of the other people mm-hmm. don't pick up because they're too deep now who's ever listened to this say, podcast like I, I know there's not a, there's not a ton of people listening to this podcast right now so there's a lot there's how many a lot so many okay. i don't even have a number that's how many okay so to all the listeners to our podcast I'm especially waiting. our buddy over in ireland we were told yeah. to shout this guy out don't know your name but there's a solid listener over in ireland that i'd love for him to shoot us a message just because like i want to know how he found us 
yeah, that that would be an interesting story. But yeah. he, he's just if he's a solid listener, then he, I think he does deserve a shout out. Yeah, yeah. he maybe, does. Maybe we'll, we can get him uh, a have a pint over Facetime or something. And it's not a bad idea. It's a real good idea. Really good idea. We'll get some. Uh, oh, what what's Sam like? Jameson. Jameson. We we'll get some Jameson over some ice. Yep. For our Irish buddy. Heck yeah. Sounds good. But, but anyways, anyways, back keep, to all these keep, listeners. Keep a that, secret. Keep that to yourself because that'll give you the the edge over everybody else. As soon as except you, it's, except me. Yeah, I, I will catch more fish than you. No. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not the best by any means. I'm still young. I don't have as many years on the water as some of these older guys. But um, I like to think I know what I'm doing out there. But anyways, so that's how I start. Um, and once the fish start moving a little bit deeper, I'll, uh, I'll switch my shallow side out to some deeper stuff. And once I notice, say one color keeps firing, I don't know what it is. It would make sense. This, this is probably why I don't catch as many fish as I could, but it's, you know, um, if one color continues to fire, you think that you would switch out, you know, your lures with that color that continues to fire, but I think that's a bunch of baloney. So I, I go with something that's close to that color. I don't I don't go with the exact one, but if it's Do you have it, the exact one? Yeah, most of the time I got like full sets for So you of, just choose for, to not. Yeah, but okay. but I like to get close cuz I know that something similar to that's working. So say say I got like uh like a trick or treat out there or something that's really hammering the fish. Maybe it's it's that nice white like color i'll throw more lighter stuff like i'll throw maybe like a bare naked or a, a banana boat or something like in the lighter but you colors, said you but... didn't have bananas on your boat oh geez this, that's it's another a banana boat not a banana on the boat a banana boat but banana hammock i think is what it's called so you banana hammocks on the boat with the banana boat yeah uh, it's just a color lure but anyways oh hey now getting wild but um yeah, so I switch out to to follow whatever lures firing. Some days every color's going off, and other days they just are a little little particular and want a certain color, whether it's dark, light, blue, green, purple, black, whatever. So um, go do that, and sometimes if it is slow, um, I usually have a downrigger or two downriggers on the back of the boat, and if I got enough people and can sneak another rod out. Um, I'll throw another uh, rod down on the downrigger just so I can be 100% certain that my lure is directly in the fish. Whether my lure is in charts and line and I can put out 100 whatever odd feet of line and I use whether it's braid or mono or floor or whatever you use and read your spec charts you can get a pretty good guess of how deep your lures are diving, but the most for sure way is if you snap something on a downrigger, you know that that's how deep your lure is. Yeah. So there's no no guess games there. Um, so I like to throw something on the downrigger, whether it's a like a small spoon or a, like a Ronoski or some mm-hmm. real shallow diving lure, just so drag it literally right. right in their face. Yeah, I usually go you know a couple feet back, like. 30 feet, 40 feet back, and then tie it off just so there's a nice leader so the ball doesn't distort them. But mm-hmm. um, other than that, I mean, I don't really fish flat lines. I don't really fish uh, 
dipsies a whole whole lot um that's how back in the day before walleye was big how we used to fish with grandpa we used to do a lot we, on dipsy we did baggers. a lot of lead core and we did a lot of dipsies we did a lot of down riggers um but that was like you said that was back before that that's when walleye we had, was big and you that's didn't when we need had that many get, lines in. that's when we had to get into that you know we were fishing 70 some foot of water and we had to get our bait down 50 foot so we were really really getting the heavy gear out and now they're they're in 20 foot of water for months halfway through the summer there's probably still fish in 20 yeah normally you would expect to quit finding them shortly after the spawn they would move out and get deeper do you think that is like a direct correlation to like the rising temperatures we've had in the past few years around this area because it seems like our summers have gotten warmer in almost offset or like summers happening later in the year i was just gonna say i think it's more like like, it's not necessarily hotter i guess it's just the time of year when it's hot so you we could spool off on this and talk about this for the rest of the podcast about global warming or climate change or whatever you want to call it but i think yeah it 100 percent definitely does have have a toll think about how it changes your body when the weather changes and goes mm-hmm. from hot to cold it messes people up just as much as honestly it probably messes the fish up more than us because yeah. they're so reliant on that temperature those currents the like everything the barometric pressure and um as much as it can mess people up with causing allergies or making them sick or just fatigue or joints or whatever the fish are the same way and so it definitely does have whether it's a direct correlation or not i don't know but it is definitely i think a a big part of one could be why the numbers are high um our spawns have been really good um the fish come later in the year but it does seem that they stick around in the shallower water longer than they ever did like the lake temperatures like 80 or something right now mm-hmm. like something bizarre it's yeah i know a lot of musky hot. fishermen haven't been going out because it's so hot well yeah because one yeah if you catch a musky you're gonna kill it like, yeah it's just it's tough so mm-hmm. that's just an ethical thing on their part yeah yeah i mean it is tough for fishing too you're not gonna get as many they're gonna be more lethargic you have to it actually is kind of counterintuitive sometimes a lot of people wouldn't think this way but you're fishing for musky and they're being lethargic and not wanting to hit so everyone's oh well, let's go finesse fish let's get smaller a lot of times with musky that's not the case you want to throw bigger because they're opportunists and they're not going to waste their time getting a small meal they're going to wait until they can get a big meal work hard for it get it and then they can relax for for a long time while they digest that one meal so a lot of times when you're, oh, I'm not catching something, go smaller. Well, musky, not always. Mm-hmm. But back to the walleye fishing. Um, that planer board, that's that's what I do. We talked a little bit about um, lead core and dipsy divers and whatnot and uh, jigging. Jigging's more, um, I, I don't want to say less effective because it can be very very effective especially if you're where the fish are that's Um, more of a situational thing um i i love early early season taking my uh, little boat out and jigging for them you really can you get a spin rod and you can really feel the fish Mm -hmm. on a on light tackle and uh kind of finesse fish them and it's a lot of fun if you're if you're in the fish, it can be just as productive or even more productive than the guys trolling, like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. But the advantage of trolling is you can cover a lot of water and not yeah, a if lot you're, of time. If you're jigging, you're yeah, working you're, 10 feet, you yeah. know, wherever your boat is. Yeah, you know. and you, you can drift while you're jigging. and I mean, it makes it a little yeah. bit harder to figure out how deep your jig heads are and everything. But 
Um, it's definitely a, a different way to do it, but I, I love doing it, especially smaller lakes, um, like landlocks and everything. Yeah. But a lot of times that's a very, very good way to, to find where the walleye are and is just jig them. But mm-hmm. um, those are the two that I've really mainly done. I know a lot of guys, a lot of captains and charters do that, that lead core with dipsy divers and uh, mm-hmm. jet divers. And uh, I actually want to get into salmon fishing on Ontario, and I'm going to do a lot of downrigger fishing, I think is going to be my my best bet to get, yeah. get into the salmon. Yeah, so, a lot easier to get down deeper with. Yeah, tie it to a big hunk of lead and just yeah. drown it to the bottom. But um, as far as uh, this season goes, um, for those guys wanting to wanting to get out and figure out if they're not catching fish in here and other people are, um, definitely I don't I don't want to be this guy but um a lot of times if there's a if there's a bunch of boats out in a spot that's for a reason i mean right now there's boats absolutely everywhere but um i'm not i'm just trying to find a way to beat around actually saying it because it's hurting me a little bit i think but, everybody knows where you're going but and you just say you, yeah so uh if you uh, if you just pay attention to no, the water no if you if you're going out of a, a marina or something and everybody's heading west and you're the only boat east maybe there's more fish west than east but sometimes there is i've i've been the boat that goes east and Mm -hmm. catches the fish so high risk high reward yep it's it's just kind of if you're new and you're just trying to get into it and you're getting a little discouraged and because i I know some guys that like bought a boat because you know they had some extra money lying around from heard the walleye fishing's good good. donnie and uh yeah heard the heard the fishing was good and they're getting a little discouraged because they're not catching anything um like i bought the boat with the sparkles and everything where are the fish yeah so i mean start start with uh with something that you know works that you know other people have had success on where you know other people have had success and then you can kind of kind of work your own your own magic and uh develop your own your own way to do it Mm -hmm. so this might be a dumb question just because i don't do a whole lot of fishing it probably um but full of so you had mentioned earlier that you've got like full sets of lures where you've got four of this four of that you know is there where are you getting your lures is like i would like is there like a bulk store where you can kind of like because that could get i mean obviously i know fishing is not a cheap date uh you, you can it gets very expensive but is there a place you can go to get like bulk lures um and a more affordable price like obviously if you're buying this many lures you got to expect yeah, to spend not some even money. affordable but like if you go to walmart they're not going to have four of every color of every lure that exactly you want. or even even field and stream or cabela's or bass pro like no the, cabela's and bass pro usually are pretty pretty good with all the colors yeah okay but like well, just a local store that you're going to walk into you know on an afternoon you're probably not going to find a thousand lures in there you know you're gonna have a few basic colors and styles and you're just gonna have to work with what you got yeah yeah um a lot of times you're gonna have to go online um what we've done in the past um if you got a couple other buddies that are walleye fishermen get together with them by bulk um <clears throat> whether because a lot of times you can get uh custom painted lures so you're the only boat out there that's got this paint or you can pick a design but a lot of times you got to do a batch of 50 or a batch of 100 
So if you get with your buddies and you get five people, okay, well, now you're only splitting 20 lures versus eating the bag and getting 100 of them. Yeah. So um, buy, buy in bulk is probably the best way because stuff happens. You snap them off or they get yeah. older, they break or um, whatnot. But I was also fortunate enough, my grandpa gave me tons and when i say tons i mean tons <laughs> of lures i don't think i'll have to ever buy another lure with yeah. with what i got so um, yeah I, I just like you said i knew you i mean i've seen the tackle boxes that you got on your boat and grandpa's got on his and um, it's it's tough just to go to walmart and you're not gonna go there and pick up fishing lures and go out and i mean you could i guarantee you if i were to do like a challenge video or something where I went to Walmart and picked out a rod, reel, line, lure, whatever. I could probably yeah go out and catch the a walleye. Hunting, on the it. hunting public did that with a bow or killed a buck with an the entire their entire setup was Walmart. They had a bow, arrows, camo, boots, everything was that's a Walmart nice. purchase and went out and videotaped. So maybe we could do something like that on a boat because that'd yeah. be pretty sweet. Maybe even use like a raft that we got at Walmart. Yep, we could we could do one hundred percent. We'll go in. We'll go in naked and come out. I, I don't mean actually. We don't go into Walmart. I don't mean actually. You'd have naked. to have your mask. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> mask is required. I don't mean. I mean like stripped down with nothing and then come out fully decked out and go try it. But that'd be a fun video. It that could be. be. Speaking, of, we better get started on it before we release this, or somebody's gonna steal it. Yeah, I, I think there's already a ton of videos like that. No, no, this is a very original. Original idea. Anyone who's done it, it stole it from us. Yeah, yeah. But, That's very true. Anyways, so it brings me right back. Yeah, you can go to Walmart and pick out stuff, but it brings me right back to, like I said, start out with something that you know people have had success on before. Maybe go to a, a Fish USA mm-hmm. or um, sometimes some lo- uh, local bait shops will sell sell in bulk. If you like, talk to them, they can order for you because they have connections so they can get a little bit cheaper prices. Or the local um, guys, they, they're always talking to the people that are out fishing yep. so they know what's working. Yep. So they buy what the people that are out there catching the walleye keep asking for. This is yep. just a little side thing now that we're talking uh, bait shops. Do have you found that the bait shop, like the owners, do they do much fishing? Like that may sound dumb, it, but like it depends on the bait shop. Sometimes I've been to bait shops where the owner's not there half the time, and he has a kid or a nephew or a wife or something run it, and he comes back and you see him every once in a while because he's out fishing all the time. And I've been to bait shops that are maybe second or third generation or something that they're just in it for the bait shop and don't don't really They're over know the about fishing, fishing part yeah. well i just you think, i mean because it's got to be a busy i mean when you're selling bait is when everybody else is like fishing so like it's kind of yep. like being like your dad being a hunting guide where you know the busiest time where he's out like guiding moose hunts is when he'd want to be moose hunting so he, yeah you pick i just was curious just a little thought that a little tidbit of information <laughs> that came into my head tom can't stop me from saying it so yeah tidbit yeah, he Tom hates, hates it. it when I say tidbit. I'm on like four episodes in a row using the word tidbit. That's very nice. It, <laughs> and, uh, but like you said, speaking I was just of, curious. Speaking of, uh, what, tidbit? Tidbit. Tidbit. Um, I think. You have a tidbit of information for us? No, but. Um, <laughs> Not at all. I, I think uh, Tim Hortons is one of our frequent uh, listeners on this. And uh, maybe if we keep 
keep using tidbit, we can switch it over oh, to Timothy like Timothy Horton listens? Timbits, yeah. Tim- Timothy Horton actually listens to our <laughs> podcast. We can get some like Timbits or something on here because as soon as you said, I haven't eaten since like noon, so I'm I'm starving and I'm just thinking of food. Mm. Go get a tidbit of Timbit. And Go get you know what? I, you right I think up. I think I'm gonna order a can I, can I have a tidbit of Timbits and see how many I get. I dare you to say it. It's like ordering malts vinegar with your fries. Malts vinegar. <laughs> okay, I'll ask for it. Anyways, back to uh, back to fishing. Um, You've had to say that like ten times this podcast. Yeah, we. It, it so happens get every time. Every time. It's a free flowing podcast. Yeah, we don't we don't it's, write anything. It's down. like the water. It's free flowing. Flowing. Just like up and down waves. and around. No corners. It's like carousel. It's a carousel. <laughs> Is anyway. that Wolf of Wall Street? No. We're we're done talking about this. <laughs> what do you not even I'm close. pretty sure he We're knew. talking about buying lures. Yeah, it's buying. Happy Gilmore. I could have swore no, we're not even gonna go. It's there. Happy Gilmore, okay. I promise you. Frank said we're done, so we're just Anyways. <laughs> so basically you've covered the way to buy lures, right? Yeah. So um line there's there's I we could have a whole series of episodes about walleye fishing, but um, my biggest thing, if you didn't listen to anything, anything from the podcast till now, pay attention right here because this is this is what's going to actually, if you're listening to this because you want to go and catch walleye, this is what you're going to want to listen to. So, like I said, listen to some other people, but the best best way to do it is to get yourself a nice fish finder and figure out where those fish are. If you're, don't waste your whole entire day trolling where there's no fish. Go find the fish. Talk to people. Talk to bait shops. Go on forums. Look online. Figure out where those fish are. Look up past years. Look up forums from 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016, and start to put together some pieces of where the fish are and pattern every year and go to those spots where the fish are. Once you're there, use your nice fish finder. Figure out what depth the fish are. Really study your lures, figure out what depth your lures are diving, how to get them back far enough to dive to those depths, and there's there's a lot of science behind it. If you're just looking to go out and just relax and cast a line in the water and don't really care if you're catching fish, great, by all means, that's awesome. But if you're that guy who wants to put meat in the freezer and fill the cooler, Really do your research, and there's some science to it. you got to have your lures where those fish are. If your lures are underneath them, they're not going not gonna to see them. If you're right with them, yeah, that's, that's obviously where you want to be. I like to be a little bit above where the fish are. Their eyes are kind of like uh, musky and pike and whatnot. Predatory they're, fish. Yeah, they're located a little bit higher up on their head so they can see above them and strike from the bottom. So... Um, I like to be just a hair above them, but really figure out where your lures are and what program you're running. If you're running planer boards, then get yourself some nice planer boards, the mast, figure out how to rig your rods up on it and get those fish or those lures down into the fish. If you're fishing uh, dipsy divers, read the back of your dipsy, see how deep it dives, see how deep your lure dives on top of that, whether you're running lead, whatever. Um, if you're just running a dipsy with a spoon, but so I, 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 this is related to right what you're talking about now with a dipsy diver versus like in the lure, um, is it the, so the depth of the dipsy diver, like how far it dives. And then when you're talking about the lure, is that 
say say you have you know a dipsy diver that goes down ten foot. I don't even know if that's like sure. sure. So, so ten foot, say, and then you have a lure 20. that's okay twenty, and then a lure that's fifteen foot. Are you going to be thirty five foot down, or does the lure actually get above the dipsy diver? How it. It, that's that's just, why that's why I'm saying you got to do some studying because it all depends on how long your leader is, how fast you're moving, what kind yep. of line you have. Yep, um, it all all plays in, and that's that's personally me why I like uh, planter board fishing is because I have two variables. I have my lure, and sometimes sometimes lead core. So I still fish lead core on my planter boards. That's I throw five colors out i get five feet per color that's 25 if i throw a 25 foot diver i'm at 50 foot i most of the time i don't need to be any deeper than 50 feet so um if i need to get a little bit deeper then i'll throw my lead cords out other than that i got lures that dive anywhere from three to 25 feet so anything if the fish are suspended any of those levels i can fix it just by putting a different lure on I don't have to pull in line or let line out or adjust my dipsy or whatever. And if I really, really need to get deep, I can throw jet divers on, which is basically like a dipsy diver that doesn't plane out to the sides. It just goes straight down. So I can put a 30-foot dipsy diver on or a jet diver with a spoon, and now I have a spoon at 30 foot. So there's just, like I said, there's a lot of science a lot of, a lot science of big equations yep. that you got to figure and, out. Um Look up your speeds. Uh, make sure... Like trolling speeds? Yep, whether you have a GPS on your boat, um, a fish finder, pull up your phone and see what your phone's GPS says. Um, if you have a fish hawk, use that. Fish hawks are phenomenal. They tell you how fast you're moving, how fast your lures are moving, the water temp, so if there's current... Does it read that kind of like a fish finder, like the speedier lure? Like how uh, does you that actually, work? So what a, what a fish hawk is, is it looks like a little fish finder, kind of. It's just a little... Uh, lcd screen on the back of the boat or the front wherever you mount it and it's got a probe that you attach to your downrigger ball and you send the probe uh down and what it does is you know the surface temperature of the water you got your uh your transducer that's reading the surface temp and your surface speed from the satellite well um the probe what it does is it goes down to however deep your lures are say your lures are at 30 feet you lower your probe down to 30 feet and it tells you the water temp at 30 feet and it tells you how fast it's actually moving so if you're going with current you might not be moving as fast as you think you are your lures might be kind of just riding with the current and you're really moving at one and a half versus two and a half if Which, you're going that to, can make the difference correct yep, yep if you're going against the current um you might be moving at three, three and a half, when your boat speeds, like your satellite speeds, you're only moving two, but your lures are moving three and a half. So one of the big things, this is another, uh, you know what? I don't, I don't know what what the range is here because I'm not a regular on the show, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a write it in pen here. Write it, so, yeah, write it down. Yeah. So if you guys, I was gonna ask you to do a write it in pen later. Well, I already, so we're I already did it. it. Yeah. Um, You're so, one of the OGs on here, so you can kind of just do that. It's a yeah, free for all. I'm, I'm just doing whatever. Write ten things. I was, things I was in feeling pen. it. Yeah, if, you know, grab a pen, write it down. Wet your quill. Um, yep, wet your quill. That's nice, old school. Um, you got a watch hat that says old school. Um, <laughs> for, first thing, 
make sure you have like a good reliable crew that knows what they're doing because driving the boat being the captain um just as important as your guys running the rods if you don't have rods in the water you're not catching fish but the write it in pen is to make sure that you're watching your rods like the action of the rods and i fish with all like rods on a side so i have four of the same rods on one side four of the same rods on the other that way when they're in the holders I can see them and they all should look identical because they're the same exact rod. If one of them is out of sync, like pulling a little bit harder or not moving with the waves like the rest of them are, nine times out of ten, that's the rod that's got a fish on it. So it's more than just OCD and like brand loyalty. You just, yeah. a lot of it's so you, it's like uniformity. I do have OCD, yes, yeah. but it does make it a lot easier. And what I'm saying about watching your rods Say your GPS says you're moving at two miles an hour and your rods are sticking straight up in the air and your line's not tight. Maybe you should speed up a little bit just to get those those rods pulling a little bit to get your lures digging. Say you're moving 2-2 and you're going against the waves and your rods are just bending and creaking. You might be moving a little fast. So get to know your rods, get consistent with them and really watch the rods because a lot of times if i don't have the fish hawk out um i really i don't care there's sometimes i could be running three two and people are like you're running over three miles an hour well i'm watching my rods and just just by feel and uh i'm still catching fish but it's the old um, school fish hawk. yeah so yeah you're just looking at your rods and I'm like, usually my rods are bending a little more than this. Hey, you speed it up or, wow, these rods, I'm I'm only going one nine and my rods are creaking at the handle, so mm-hmm. I better slow down. So that, that's my right in pen. Really, really pay attention to your rods and get, get similar rods. That, that really, really helps. Yeah, really get to know that's your a, tackle. A good point like that I never really would have thought of. Because, um, like, I always just thought it was like, you know, you want to have the same brand you know stuff it's i mean yeah. like somebody that doesn't want to wear nike shoes with adidas sweatpants yeah i always thought that's the only reason you know everybody runs shimano and abu garcia or whatever yeah. um but it, it actually makes sense now that i'm hearing that that you know if you have all of the same exact products it's one less variable that like you were talking earlier the less variables you have in the equation the easier it is for you to get on fish yep so i like that a lot actually so then and that's that's about really i mean all that's gonna tie up for walleye fishing i mean i did want to ask um like being that that's pretty much your conclusion with walleye Mm -hmm. um like i know you do a little bit of lake trout as well which obviously it's not fished the same but like if you're into walleye fishing and stuff i feel like it's something you can easily get into if you're into walleye fishing what's nice and kind of a necessary evil at the same time sometimes walleye fishing can really engulf you in equipment you're gonna be in the hole quite a bit it's kind of expensive to start up i mean it it doesn't have to be if you start with two rods and two reels and then that's that's all you start with too yeah kayak or something yeah if you even even if you do get a big boat and you didn't realize that oh well i got the walleye boat but i don't have any of the equipment you can still take it out where those other guys are and jig for them i mean so no matter no matter what equipment you got uh you can make it work but what is nice is if you, once you do have that setup yeah it does now open you up to a range of other fishing tactics 
Um, I've seen people that use similar setups, musky fishing. If you're a musky fisherman and you have your walleye set up, and so yeah, you're trolling not, for musky. Yeah, yep, trolling for musky. You're not going to use your downriggers and your big planer boards and everything, but they make smaller inline planers and use your like you can use if you get your medium action rods that might be a little bit light for musky, but they still work and you can get the fish in. So um, a lot I've seen a lot of people do that that use similar reels and uh whatnot like you mentioned lake trout um same thing a lot of times lake trout are just a little bit deeper you can use your same rods your same reels um just get your bait down deeper a lot of people fish spoons for trout that's just what they like i mean they'll still hit sticks but they like spoons Mm -hmm. uh nightcrawler harnesses and stingers some people fish stuff like that big big flashers but that flashes are more towards salmon which great that's a whole nother setup that you once you have these this walleye setup you can go start fishing for salmon with that so um you might have to beef up a reel like get some bigger reels or some stiffer rods or whatnot but um if you think that okay i'm my two main things i'm gonna fish are walleye and lake trout then get kind of happy medium for both of them if you're gonna go well i want to use this for musky too well, then you could probably beef everything up so that your rods are good for musky. Then you got lake trout and uh, salmon covered. You might be a little overkill for walleye. It might be a little bit tougher. So um, you might end up having to buy another setup, but it really does open a lot more yeah. opportunities for you. Like yeah, that. I'm glad you said that because like, that's kind of what I was getting at is um, – like it's the same thing uh, hunting's kind of the similar way like with a purchase of a bow or something it, it opens up avenues for several other species and even um there's they, even just different well, difficulties with that species oh yeah well, even you, you get a bow and oh i killed a bear but i've never killed a bear with a bow now, now yeah that's what so like it's try and do well that's one thing i guess what i was where this was this road was taking me here was um how versatile like the outdoors is and stuff where like you don't have to so um, versatile if i want to take my fenwick fishing rod into my hunting stand then that's double, you double could, purpose exactly. you get over one of those watering holes yep. and you could you can cast top waters while you're waiting you can take a bow bow fishing <laughs> we've done it we've yeah. talked about it mm-hmm. but, but you know what i'm getting at is like so like white cat outdoors like the biggest thing we always talked about you know is that we're bringing get you outside. to the, yeah that not is, yet uh, oh. i'm getting angry <laughs> i'm sorry we're over <laughs> no uh you know, just, we're bringing you to the table while we talk about the outdoors. And one thing I wanted to hit on, uh, especially with this episode, is that, um, you know, that you can – there's so many different avenues in the outdoors. Like, if you want a walleye fish, it's already set you up to do – or target mm-hmm. several other species. And the same for hunting. Like, if you've picked, I want to hunt deer, you know, with that setup there, you can go after several other types of animals. Oh, yeah. And my grandpa and your dad's big on it, too, where the caliber of your rifle isn't necessarily the biggest – concern when hunting like it's yeah, it how is. well you shoot it no like you can no, you're bigger bigger the gun the bigger deer you can kill. buy a 30 30 or a 30 odd six a 243 and you can use it for whitetail elk moose bear all the way up through um so it's not such a niche thing which i really like because it yeah, for, at yeah. a low you, cost like you get into it just, just like that um you can go out and you can buy your your 300 shimanos and um your brand new rods and whatnot and i'm not talking bad on them at all they make a phenomenal product and my grandpa has them i use them and 
I got pen reels on some of them, like some of my bigger reels with lead cores. And you can go name brand and get the top of the line, and it's phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. But there is there are the old-timers or the old-fashioned guys or even some people that just don't want to spend the money on it or can't afford it or got – that's just what they're using is um, – Old, older equipment or even just newer equipment that's a little lo- cheaper. lower on the shelf yeah um and they can catch just as many fish like you were saying the walmart challenge you can you can catch fish on whatever i mean yeah it does make it a little bit easier and can give you an advantage having some of the nicer stuff but yeah don't don't focus on his boat's nicer like that that's actually that's a good analogy you're saying your your gun doesn't really matter well yeah, your gun could be a lower caliber. Well, if your boat's junky, who, who really cares? If you got the nice equipment and everything to get your get your lures down there and catch fish and know what you're looking for and whatnot, I don't care if you're out there paddle boating on a raft. Like it's if you know what you're doing, yeah, yeah. you know you're what you're doing and you're catching done. fish. That's yeah. all that matters. Really, the only thing the boat's doing is keeping you dry. out of the water, yeah. keeping you dry, really. keeping you dry and dragging you around the lake. You're your rods and reels and lures are doing the rest of the work. Yeah. So that's a good point. But, uh, speaking of, we were talking, uh, about salmon fishing. We kind of ventured off into that. Uh, I did want to mention that, uh, my Alaska trip is coming up right around the corner. I'm hoping that COVID guidelines aren't restricting anything on our trip and making it difficult for me, but we'll we'll make whatever work mm-hmm. but um i'm getting excited for that just to keep you guys in the loop uh i'm leaving august 5th and we'll be back the 17th so you might of... be back before i leave for alaska so we might be able to do a podcast before i leave okay it'll All be right. real close do, do a little do a little recap yeah and, a, a uh, recap for you and a going away for me that'd be perfect um, be a fun little episode yeah, yeah. Another thing, too, I know, I don't know how many of you guys are just biting at the bit for our next YouTube video, but uh, I know, I, know we, I am. I know we haven't posted in a while, but. Actually, we post with, a YouTube every week. We, we do, our podcast. <laughs> Technically. But. Um, Which we actually, hit. we've steered most of our listeners off of YouTube um, to like the podcast platforms because it's easier for us to monitor what people okay. like and everything. So, um, but, but, anyways, it's. We, we ran into a little a little obstacle and some of the stuff we're doing it's it's not cheap but we're doing it for you guys with with all the audio equipment and uh, the camera equipment and whatnot and we ran into a little pinch with uh, some editing uh, computer and software and whatnot so uh, we're kind of in the middle of the process of getting a new computer and getting ready to get back on on film and i haven't filmed anything in probably over a month and i'm itching to so uh once we can get that get that computer and uh we'll start we'll start filming some more and hopefully getting some higher quality uh videos up for you guys some more entertaining videos some interactive videos maybe that uh you guys can comment on and get get heard and maybe change the turnout of the video on the next one whether what we do pick a challenge or or something get a shout out whatever it is That'd be but, fun you know doing um, little challenges throughout the season yeah so um i'm hoping i i really have some big plans i've been thinking about it a lot really studying some other youtubers that uh are popping right now so hopefully our content can get a lot better and start pulling some more people but 
that's really i don't know really what our time is how long we've been been well, ripping we've been, we're getting close to an hour so i mean that's we don't have a, a stopwatch that says we're done here but um basically the conversation itself kind of tells us that yeah um but before we did wrap it up uh, for me and frank talked about it a little bit earlier um but just for i know this whole episode was focused on fishing um but just real quick here at the end if you stayed with us this long and you're into hunting um there's a new with lone wolf they got this new product out the double sticks or the double step sticks um which there's a lot of guys you know that are into like the mobile hunting and there's always the big debate versus like single or double steps um and if you're into that kind of thing you already know what i'm talking about um like single versus double steps um but lone wolf came out with Dub a new step is, it, is that that no that has nothing to do with the, music the, the, um is that, no, no not, not like that. That was perfect. Is that good dubstep? That was a little better. Maybe you, let's we're gonna steer our YouTube channel towards dubstep. Actually, we already have that. Like if you look, go in some of the comments of our uh podcast, like there's like sound producers. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure they're like robots, but actually I know they're robots. But robots. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> but anyway, so what I was getting at here, um if you're a double stick guy, uh, Lone Wolf just released their new double steps. Um and they had a small release of like like just a small batch that they put out there um we were lucky enough to get our hands on them um so so we are going to do a little bit of review so if they actually i talked to andre today um the guy that developed them he said that they're actually able to produce these pretty quick um so they're going to be on the market pretty easily here within the next few weeks um and before season um so we're going to try and put something together. We'll, we're going to use them and let people know. So if you're either on the fence between double steps or single step, or if you're looking for a new set of double steps, be on the lookout for that as well. Um, but since Luke was our guest and he already yelled at once, figured I'd let Luke take us out of here if he's got any closing remarks. Um, but he knows how to finish it up. Yeah, so um, I don't really have a whole lot else for anybody, just kind of everything that I wanted to get out I did so I am I am kind of honored that that I was chosen to uh inform everybody listening to uh get outside